Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. everybody how you doing glad to be here hope you're doing well happy weekend yes i'm uh, I'm recording this a day late on a friday i apologize got some news and notes and some housekeeping to get to uh get to all that in just a moment i'm recording this on a friday not really for any specific reason other than technical difficulties but again uh we'll get to all of that nuisance all that nonsense in just a second, you're listening to Believe in Jayhawks Basketball Show and the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast home for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Yes, I, I believe that I need to offer a monochrome of uh, an apology here. Uh, we're releasing a day late, which I know angers like three people. So having some technical issues that was obviously brought to my attention last week by the really long intro and just I'm using a different computer right now. I think the computer I usually record and edit and post with is essentially done and dusted and dead and will be buried or have a Viking funeral out on the Pacific. I'll put the Apple laptop on a on a boat, send it out there and set it aflame. So having issues, I, I've been trying to avoid using my regular laptop because I just don't want to bog it down with all the audio files and this and that saving all the nonsense. But I think the time has come, um, but I tried to use my normal go-to recording computer yesterday. Didn't happen. Want to see what happened today. Not happening. Still got to give the people what they want, which is, Unfortunately, I think news about realignment, which we will have a smidgen of today. Uh, but yes, I am posting this a day late, so I apologize. Also, no show next week. Nope, not going to do it. Not going to be here. Not going to be in town. Uh, this time, I will say I will be experiencing the spirit of Aloha out on the islands. Yeah, so no mystery this time. All of you audio detectives, Ben. <laughs> all of you audio detectives who figure out that I didn't actually say where I was going this time. Uh, no, I'm not going to the Midwest. Quite the opposite. Uh, it's not fly over country. It's fly to just outside the, the borders of the country. So no show next week. Sorry about that, which means that something crazy will probably happen next week and I will not be recording to react, but that's okay. Maybe nothing will happen because what usually happens is I will record and then something will bounce off of what, what's happened, my karma, if you will. So appreciate you listening. The numbers are ticking up, which actually is uh, amazing. So if you're recommending to friends, I appreciate it. If you're new, welcome to Wild Ride. You've come during an interesting time here in, during the offseason. Um, but either the coach talk, the realignment talk, this, that, because the, the talk about what's going on with the assistant coach did get some pretty good numbers. And then, like I said, uh, they named or supposedly Jeremy Case a week later was released to be the new assistant. So something's going right right now here in the summer of 2021. And uh, yeah, welcome aboard. We got some interesting news. We've got basically a show of news to get to. 
uh, a lot of alumni, partially because I'm sure everyone who follows Kansas basketball social media in some capacity, whether it be reporters like Matt Tate, whether it be the actual, you know, at KU Hoops, Instagram and Twitter, this, that, and so on. You've probably seen the alumni gathering that happened yesterday on Thursday. Uh, guys like the Morris Twins, Devontae Graham, fresh off a new contract, which I'll dig into in just a second. Uh, Brady Morningstar's there. Of course, Brendan Machard's there. I saw Cole Aldrich, which is really cool. Uh, Connor Tehan, not Chris, who's still on the team. So, oh, Tyshawn Taylor, Mario Little. It was really, it, what it was, it was a who's who of the 2010s Jayhawks. Sharon Collins looking plump, I think is a fair way to put it. Uh, Sharon was there. Uh, so basically from 08 through, you know, recent years, 2018, 2019, um, the, the Jayhawks were in town doing like a charity event, some sort of barnstorming event at Lawrence Free State. And it, it's really cool. You know, it's, it's one of the things I love about the Jayhawks, about KU basketball. I remember during the NBA strike years ago, I was still in school at that time, and they had the whole Legends of the Fog event, which was truly amazing to see, like, Paul Pierce and Chalmers. And I can't remember if Nick Collison and Heinrich were there, but maybe even Drew Gooden. But to see, to see those, quote-unquote, Legends of the Fog come back, all assembled in one place, a relatively riveting game for a bunch of guys who weren't really trying. And of course, uh, people probably remember Mario Chalmers hit a game tying three. No kidding. And the game ended in a tie, perhaps as it should have. But it's really great to see these guys that you spend so much time during the winters, right? The falls into the early springs. You spend so much time watching these guys and living and dying with them trying to put a, a round object in a circular, circular hole. And to see them go on, have their own careers, do this, do that, it, it's really fun. The guy who do, I did see show up in those pictures was Todd Reesing. And <laughs> there was always some sort of rumors around school about his off-the-field life. And that guy just seems, <laughs> he's living. He looks like a businessman. I'll, I'll put it that way. So really fun. And that's partially why I want to focus on the alumni of KU. Uh, partially also because there's a lot of news happening. So how about we get to it? Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. I am Jonas Nordman, who is dilly-dallying. Let's dig in. I want to start with news that, again, did just come out yesterday. And yes, if you're wondering, I am avoiding talking about conference realignment because I don't want to, because I know about as much as you do. But I will I will touch on what happened this week. And that. We'll, we'll, we'll start with a hearty Oklahoma and Texas. You still suck. All right. You've ruined my program and what I have to talk about. You've ruined college athletics, sort of. And yeah, anyone who went to Oklahoma and Texas, your degrees are void. They're useless. They might as well be toilet paper. And I hope you're happy with yourselves. So I have to say for those two institutions on the Red River. Speaking of red, uh, former KU basketball player Silvio DeSosa found not guilty of aggravated battery. The tie-in with the red is because he made a guy bleed from the eye, if you didn't get that. Yeah, so he's found not guilty. He's not going to jail. Um, I, as I read more into the article that came out, he's, this is not some reclamation, some beautiful story. It just sounds like there was contrasting reports. The evidence was a little 
haywire. I'm assuming some people were not the most sober they've ever been as they were trying to recount what happened that night of uh, January 1st, 2020, before the world ended. And so, yeah, DeSosa found not guilty, aggravated battery. He was accused of striking a man in the face and causing him to lose sight in one of his, one of his eyes. The jury found him not responsible for the injury. And the juror, jurors additionally chose not to consider lesser battery charges that were available to them. So, again, I guess congrats that your life is not totally ruined to Silvio. But he's still, if you read through the article, and this is by Dylan Lyson, KUSports.com. It still doesn't really come out too rosy, to be honest. Like, Silvio was arguing with some ladies outside of a bar on January 1st, 2020. And I'm trying to find the quote. I don't want to misattribute a quote to Silvio here. I believe, yeah, here it is. Uh, The man said that Silvio told them to, quote, shut the blank up. So I don't think he was acting very chivalrous and like a gentleman. And I don't know what this guy was doing. He probably shouldn't have stuck his nose in where it didn't need to be. And the evidence, everyone says that DeSosa struck this man. No one denied that. In fact, even Silvio said, yeah, I hit him. But I was wearing such a tight jacket. I couldn't do the motion that I'm being charged with. So congrats on wearing ill-fitting clothes. It, it helped you out in this situation. Um, yeah, so... Uh, he gets off of those charges. The article and all the evidence doesn't make it sound like he's really an angel in this whole situation. But if you're wondering how that was going to turn out, there it is. Now, I did not read the entire article, but I did read on Twitter from reporters that um, he supposedly had a camera crew with him after this, which again, I guess keep an eye out for like a Silvio DeSosa documentary or some sort of retrospective looking into what's been going on with him. Keep an eye out for that or don't. It's probably really not going to be that interesting. (laughs) Moving on. This is, this is something to be joyful for something to celebrate. I talked about Devontae Graham. He's here. He's got a cool new hairdo and he might as well, right? Cause that young man just got paid dinner on Devontae. Devontae Graham, New Orleans Pelicans, not the Charlotte Hornets, agreed to a four-year, $47 million contract in a sign-and-trade with the Hornets. That's right. The player who had to work his way through the G League, the guy who originally committed to Appalachian State, right? Either that or Towson. We're now far enough removed with him and Frank Mason's stories. One of them was going to Towson, I think it was Mason. And Devontae initially going to go to Appalachian State. Didn't initially make the NBA. And now he's a hot commodity who's going to make $47 million over the next four years. Congratulations to Devontae Graham. Unlike Sylvia DeSosa, I've never heard anything to the contrary that he seems like a, a nice guy, right? has the smile that will light up a room. And certainly, I think everyone who's listening, if they have ever been a Kansas basketball fan, won your favorite Jayhawks over the certainly the last couple of years and led the team to a Final Four appearance in 2018. 
it's interesting the details of this because, like I said, he's going to New Orleans. They had a vacancy at point guard because Lonzo Ball, their former point guard, is going to the Chicago Bulls. Your Chicago Bulls. And look, Charlotte made him a restricted free agent. They put the qualifying offer on him because he had value. And New Orleans snapped up the opportunity. They said, this is a guy that we want. New Orleans is going to covet him. He will still have to battle for his position. There are other guards. Uh, Alexander Walker. That's a hyphenated last name. Nikhil Alexander Walker is on New Orleans as well. But hey, New Orleans saw the opportunity. Remember, they still have Zion. They're still growing. They figured Lonzo Ball wasn't what they were looking for. But Devontae Graham was worth that investment. So I think it's really cool. I, I, you can think about it how you want. Look, it's an NBA player getting a lot of money. I know that's probably not the coolest thing in the world. But uh, it's a guy you can root for, certainly. And uh, it, it's, it's really cool to see someone you, you follow their career, at least when they start college. You see their growth. You see their development. You see what's happened after school. And here he is, a solid, (laughs) this is a weird term, but a frontline role player, right? This is a guy who's going to figure in New Orleans' plans. And it's going to be really cool to see. I'm really happy that that worked out. Now, not necessarily on the other side of the coin, but another Jayhawk who is going to Charlotte, Devontae leaves the Hornets, now entering that Charlotte airspace is a guy that had a little bit more expectations coming out of school and a guy who I think thinks very highly of himself and still views himself as that superstar. And that's Kelly Oubre. Kelly is leaving Golden State. Remember, he had injury issues. We talked about it in our Jayhawks in the NBA. He reportedly has agreed on a two-year deal for about $25 million. So there you go. How about that? I, I know... Ubre is a smidge older than Devontae Graham. But Devontae is the one that's got a little bit longer deal. And he's the one that's got a higher total value of the contract, right? Whereas <laughs> Kelly Ubre, lottery pick, top recruit, had some injury issues, yes, but hasn't panned out in exactly the same way. I'm not saying why or what's the reasoning. I'm sure Kelly Oubre works very hard, but it's very interesting to see. Because you look at them physically, right? One's the score. Look, Devontae is filled out. Don't get me wrong. That NBA conditioning's done him well. But he still does not fit the prototypical NBA body. Kelly Oubre looks like. You see him walking down the street? That's an NBA player. He, he wins the battle of walking off the bus. But he's on his way to Charlotte. Again, the news keeps rolling in, and I have to. I do have some NBA draft news. Essentially, what I thought might happen did happen. Uh, you're listening to the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show on the Believe Podcast Network. Jonas Nordman, let me know your thoughts on everything Jayhawks in the NBA. Let me know that if you were offered a full-ride scholarship to Oklahoma or Texas, would you accept it? Or would you say, thanks, but no thanks, you're terrible? Let me know. Anywho, moving on. Uh, This is a really interesting move, I think. 
Markeith Morris is finalizing a deal with the Miami Heat. I love this move. Uh, Markeith sort of fell out of favor with the LA Lakers, won a title. That's awesome. A couple seasons ago. But in the situation of those two teams that are both retooling their rosters, like it's, it's not totally far-fetched to say that the project in Miami at the moment actually looks like they have a vision of what they want to do with the roster. The Lakers are saying, oh, you're old? Why don't you join our team? Oh, you don't shoot that well? We're a perfect fit for you. Yes, they signed Malik Monk, former Kentucky guard, former Charlotte Hornet, who hasn't really panned out, former lottery pick. But they're going to have to fix him. He hasn't really had a great NBA career up to this point. But Trevor Ariza? Dwight Howard with the Lakers? This is not twenty. This is not 2011. We're 10 years down the road. Russell Westbrook fitting with LeBron and those guys. So that's the thing. Markeith fell out of favor. The Miami Heat, known for their tough-nosed, gritty. I'm going to throw out all the cliches here. <laughs> for, the, for their culture, right? The Miami Heat culture is known for getting in your face, putting their work boots on, grabbing their lunch pail, yada, yada, yada. And if that's the case, by all means, sign yourself a Morris twin. That's the right way to go about that. The numbers were not great for Markeith. 6.7 points per game, 4.4 rebounds per game last year. Had to start when AD, Anthony Davis, and LeBron were out with injuries. And so he goes to a team with a strong front office, an excellent head coach, and a locker room that he's going to fit in like a glove. So I really love this move for Markeith. I think if he was going to leave the Lakers, this was just an excellent fit. I know leaving LA is going to be tough for Markeith because his twin brother Marcus is still under contract with the Clippers and the two of them do live together. I have sources, AKA the lady who cuts my hair, who says she is, (laughs) they live together. She's seen two giant men who look alike who live nearby. That's, that's putting your, your ear to the ground. That's sourcing. (laughs) Get out of here. Wojnarowski. Call me when you have in-depth sources like that. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I think that's going to be really good for Marcus or for Markeef. It's probably not very good for Marcus because he loses his roommate, but that's okay. He'll get by. I had a point I was about to make, but I forgot about it. Probably didn't matter. And speaking of the Miami Heat, this is, this is one that's, that's really cool as well. I'm really – so we've been watching Devontae Graham, right? We've been saying here's how his career is going. Here's another guy. That, I, that I'm really interested to see how it goes. Yes, it's the same topic that I talk about all the time. But, and take what you want from the NBA Summer League. So Marcus Garrett did not get drafted. Figured he wouldn't. No worries, right? I think even he and Bill Self, judging by their quotes, were like, yeah, he's probably not going to get drafted. <laughs> Marcus said, Look, even if I don't get drafted, it's not the end of the world. Um, just going to prove myself, essentially. And you know what he's done? He's gone to the Summer League, and he's wrecking defensively. In fact, he had a double-double the other day. 
in his very first game, 22 minutes, 10 points, three rebounds, two assists, six steals. Yeah. So I'm a little worried about his foot speed and his lateral quickness. We'll see because the instincts are there and the quickness in the hands are still there. And the basketball know-how, right? Which is his greatest asset. He, he knows what he's doing defensively. He's going to make life a living hell for, for those poor scrubs in the, in the I don't want to see the G League yet because he will spend time in the G League, but certainly in Summer League. And I think he will open some eyes. He already did because he went viral. Trust me, I didn't know that he was doing well defensively in the Summer League. I didn't know the Summer League started. And then I saw clips go through my timeline of, wow, look at Marcus Garrett. Back-to-back possessions. It really looked pretty comical out there, the way he was manhandling these guards in the Summer League. So put a pin in that journey, in that journey to love, much like The Bachelorette. Let me know what you think about what's happening with Katie. Finale is this Monday. Should be intriguing. But Marcus Garrett's journey to professional, not stardom, being a role player. Maybe a level below what Devontae Graham is now, which is fine. Look, Javon Carter, remember him from West Virginia? Defensive stalwart? Real pest. Kind of liked watching him play at West Virginia, at least when he wasn't playing KU with the sort of the start of the press Virginia movement. He's got a role. He plays a little bit for the Suns. He didn't see him a lot in the playoffs, but he, he has his moments. I think Marcus Garrett can do that. Make an NBA roster, be a defensive guy. Why not? Improves his jumper a bit. Who knows? Not me. I don't have a crystal ball. And if I did, I would tell you what was going to happen with conference realignment. And then I could stop talking about conference realignment. God, this is nauseating. So here's what's happening. I, of course, recorded last Tuesday. Then the S hit the wall in terms of this ESPN nonsense. And then the biggest news this week came from our good friend, Mike Vernon. So I'll touch on that in just a moment. Let's start with Big 12, Bob Balsby, and ESPN. Commissioner Balsby sent a cease and desist letter to ESPN and accused the network of soliciting the help of at least one other conference believed to be the American conference and trying to break up the Big 12. And now, a couple days ago, a U.S. senator, Senator Roger Marshall, Republican from out of Kansas, has called on the U.S. Attorney General to investigate ESPN's role in kickstarting the latest round of conference realignment. What a turn this has taken. What a ridiculous turn this has taken. Now, do I think that could have happened? That could be the case? Kind of. Of course it would behoove ESPN to essentially congeal all of college football into one super conference. What programs do they care about? Alabama. No, LSU. They care about Clemson. That's also because, you know, they have an ACC network under the sort of the ESPN umbrella. Just the SEC schools, Southern schools, 
You put Oklahoma and Texas in there, they'll care about them. They'll talk about them. Those are two humongous brands in the world of college football. And yeah, that'll be even more eyeballs. The potential to pump up, let's just say a Georgia-Texas game. I guess they played in the bowl game a couple years ago. Uh, But you know what I mean. A random Saturday in October, perhaps, Georgia-Texas. Opportunity for Georgia to move atop of their division in the SEC. A chance for Texas to probably win their first game in SEC play. Yes, that was a slight dig. I hope you got that one. (laughs) They won't win that game either. Georgia will stifle them. But yeah, the promotion will be excellent. And the eyeballs will be there. So yeah, why wouldn't ESPN fiddle around? What do they care? And what does the attorney general care also on top of that? Now, the Big 12 and Commissioner Bob Bowlesby, with his weird signature, if you've seen it online, he said, we're going to do our part to put an end to the public back and forth between the Big 12 and ESPN. We won't escalate this publicly. Um, you're the one that sent the cease and desist letter. Don't get all high and mighty, Commish. We won't do this anymore publicly, although we started it being public in the first place. I, I only mention that just I want you to know that there are there's no one that's high and mighty in this situation, except for Kansas, obviously, just reacting to the situation. <laughs> but look, I get it. He's doing whatever he can to save his contract or to save his conference and essentially save his job. No Big 12 to be commissioner of, nothing else to do. Once Oklahoma and Texas and and hopefully, right, Kansas leaves, maybe Iowa State goes with them to the Big 10. That's what I'm hoping for. You know, then your conference is useless, worthless, and no one's going to watch. The best part of this, and this this is a great transition into what Mike Vernon was talking about on, on the radio this week. Is this really the shots at K-State and all these other conferences or all these other schools? Yeah. You're useless. But K-State's actually good at football. People, that's what I want people to get through their skulls, truly. Yeah, KU is awful at football. (laughs) The worst. The absolute worst. But Jayhawk Nation stands up. Jayhawk Nation spends their money. They watch the team. Yes, they get a lot of money from basketball. But if football was even halfway decent, they would be filling the stadium. They'd be watching on TV. They do kind of regardless. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a packed house, um, depending on the regulations for attendance in Kansas. I'm assuming it'll be 100%. Let's be honest. So cable and the whole expanding into markets like we saw 10 years ago is not the big deal anymore. This is brands. This is revenue and Kansas. It may shock you or it may not. It's actually a pretty big revenue school, even with the garbage football and a TV deal that doesn't stack up with the SEC or the ACC. Now keep an eye on that. If you're wondering what Mike was saying, my good friend, Mike, who's been on the show, let's just say we were, we were the ones that brought Mike on, on our airwaves before it was like cool to do that. Uh, he went on and a lot of people were trying to twist his words, but he said he wouldn't be surprised if Kansas was moving to the big 10. I don't know if it was by the end of this week or by the end of next week, 
but he's hearing rumblings. He said he wouldn't 100% say that was going to happen. And again, he has a journalistic background. So he's he knows what to say. He knows not to put himself in a bad situation. But at the same time, he's in a no-lose situation. Because he's not a, he's not in the journalism world anymore. And if something backfires, oh no, then he just won't have fun with it anymore. But for those of you who may be wondering, he was on top of the Kansas football coach search, really on top of that, the athletic director search, and essentially the rumblings and everything that led to Jeff Long and Les Miles getting canned as well. So his finger is on the pulse and it is throbbing. Plus, I like him. He's my friend. So I believe anything he says. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. That's real. That's real alignment talk. It is tedious and terrible and probably going to come to a conclusion when I can't remark on it next week. So batten down those hatches. Who knows what's going to happen over the next seven days or so. But I appreciate you listening. I hope you're having a great summer. I know a lot of people will be heading back to school should they have children or if they're teachers or whatever pretty soon here. Godspeed. To all of you, um, I apologize if my voice was a little scratchy today. Um, I went to a wedding last week, and my voice hasn't really recovered since then. I have very weak vocal cords, which is fun or funny since I love to, to jabber on air like this. Um, I guess quick little story here towards the end, if you'll if you'll allow me. Uh, if any of you have ever gone to a Kansas volleyball match or a Kansas softball match. Um, at least in those cases, of softball, if you were if you were there at KU softball, you were probably obligated one way or another. Uh, but volleyball is a good time. But I used to do the public address announcing for volleyball in Kansas softball when I was in school there. So up until 2013 or whatever. So uh, for volleyball, they would do a tournament at the beginning of every season. And that meant at least two or a couple matches in a day because you'd have four teams and they'd all play each other. I guess it would be two semifinals and then like a final later in the evening. So that was a lot of like talking over the microphone. That's a lot of like enunciating and getting the people juiced in the building. You kind of hear the the grating on my vocal cords now. And by the end of it, over the course of the two days or whatever, my vocal cords would be fried. I'm just walking up to people being like, hey, what's going on? How is everybody doing? And then I have to get on a microphone. And for the championship match, I think it was against West Virginia before they had joined the Big 12. You know, it was a big moment. The crowd is juiced. Um, if you've ever been to the horse, the Horeshi, I can't even remember how to pronounce it, family volleyball center. The people love their volleyball. And when there's a when it's a full crowd, it's a excitable. It is loud. So I'm yelling at the microphone and very audibly over the speakers, big voice crack. <laughs> my vocal cords just gave out. And I think my friend Brett, who's an avid listener and, and worked for KU athletics and would work those games. I think he was there and I looked over at him. He's like, rise wide open. He's like, oh my God. And I looked over at the SID <laughs> for Kansas volleyball. She like looked over, was like, whoa. Eyes wide open, was like, oh my god. 
And so that was a that was a little embarrassing. So I, I, I have very weak vocal cords. I will ice my throat over the course of the next week and I will send good vibes from way out west. Keep well everybody. Hope you have a great weekend. And until we speak again.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.